0: And welcome to another episode of Out of Our League. I am McKenna, and with me today is our producer, GF2cool. Hello, Gage. How are you today?
1: I'm great. Everything is <laughs> fine. I totally didn't just hit the wrong scene and had six cameras on screen instead of five. <laughs> totally didn't. Everything, smooth transitions, everything's going great. It's gonna be a fun show.
0: Everything sounds great. <laughs> um, <Hands on> fire. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> uh the man with no face but an epic voice ben at please be excited how are you ben? what's up
2: i'm great makina how
0: are you doing i'm doing fantastic thank you that's great
2: i'm excited this is gonna be a good one
0: woohoo um and we also have semi-solid snake phil j woodward how are you today phil
3: i'm doing great and jose i just wanted to say you're pretty
4: good Yay.
0: And our special guest, the man with many names, Jose Ruckus. How are you, Jose?
5: I, I am wonderful today. Very
4: good day here.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. So, the first question is who are you? Why? Okay.
5: Um, Why? I, I, it feels like there's a there's a lot to dig in there
3: (laughs) who is who is jose ruckus who is brandon who is the aces wild pod what's going on tell us everything
5: okay i I am jose ruckus i am the world's number one wild fan um my name of course is actually brandon um and not jose or josh as Nick likes to call me um Uh I'm just a guy from California who likes football
4: and kind of funny and I figured out a way to put those two together. Fantastic. (laughs) Um
0: so just to start off, I have a question. Um that because you mentioned the podcast and everything. Um and I wanted to know what has been your favorite part of doing the podcast?
5: Um, it's pretty hard to just kind of pick one, but like the amount of people I've got to meet through doing it is like amazing. You know, getting to do a one-on-one interview with Greg was incredible having him, you know, actively check my DMs and read them on stream is pretty cool. Um, um, getting to meet journey getting to hang out with him a couple times, getting to like friends with him, super cool. Mean Matt is the meeting
4: Ashley, McKenna, uh we we got like a lot of friends that I've made through doing the show. It's like, just the best. Podcast awesome. very good. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10. I'll tell
0: you that. Thank you I mean, it's it's helped me. I mean, like I don't know football, um and it's certainly helped me figure out how to do how football works, which has been very nice and and helpful to to watch the games. I think I've said helpful like three times now, but it's uh, helped me you know figure out like, oh, that thing is happening, that's good, or you know that thing's happening that's bad, and why it is, and whatnot. so uh, thank you
4: yeah, I mean, that's.
5: Cause I don't, I don't actually know all that much about football. If we're being honest, like I never played football. I didn't get into football until like much later in my life and stuff. So like, I, I know more than the average person just because I like the sport. Other people talk about it, but like, as far as like being able to educate people on the show, it's really nice because I have a resource around, it. like my brother who's a football coach, and you know he has coaches' friends and all my cousins play the game and stuff. So I'm able to talk to other people to sort of, you know, figure out ways to talk about the sport and ways for people to understand it.
0: Mm -hmm. Great. Ben, do you have any questions for our good friend Jose?
2: I I do have some questions. So I guess, uh, firstly, I want want to know from you, what do you kind of think we're going to see in FCF Season 2? Obviously, we loved the first season. It was amazing. Do you think they're going to mix it up? Do you think we're going to see something different? What are you sort of expecting there?
5: Um, I don't expect too much to change over the next season. Um, it would be interesting to see if they add, go from the 7-on-7 seven seven to an 8-on-8. Eight eight. That's kind of been batted around. There was just a lot of situations in the first season where it felt like the defenses weren't able to compete in like a proper way, a bunch of it. And that, that kind of shook out later in the season and stuff. But I think that that would... I think that's like the big change everybody wants to see, which is a way for defenses to be able to keep up with the offenses a little bit more. And then I think that we're gonna see the power ups completely change. Like I think apart from maybe one of them, I don't expect to see like the fifth down. Maybe that comes back, but I doubt it. The flip the field uh almost completely lost what it was originally intended to do and stuff. So I think they're gonna completely rework what the sport.
2: Oh, so what what do you personally want to see? What would you like to see out of season two?
5: Um there there's a couple things I'd like to see. I would like to see ways for the team like like we discussed it a lot, which was um no huddle, which is a like really common strategy in the other leagues, it is completely impossible in that league. And I, I think one of the power-ups they should do is allow a quarterback to go into no huddle. I think that creates fun situations for the draft, where you can draft a quarterback who you know is going to be really good under no huddle, and then you can bring them in to do that with a power-up. I think stuff like that would be cool. Just um, a little bit more deeper in draft strategy than just being like, hey, let's try to take the best guy. I think that's pretty cool.
4: Nice. Yeah, that sounds pretty damn good to me. Hopefully they do do that. That'd be fantastic. Philip, David s- Woodward. Oh, doo-doo. I'm sorry, Ben. Sorry, I was just saying. I said doo doo. Whoops.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Phil. Yes. What are your questions?
3: Uh, well, him? first of all, is Jose frozen for anybody else?
0: Yes, he is.
2: In the best possible way, too. <laughs> oh gosh.
4: No. Oh gosh.
2: We have a robot. <laughs> I
3: thought been... we invited a person onto this show, but I guess it's just a robot. Devoured by the Discord void. Um, maybe it was one of like Greg Miller's robots but you know it was like one of the malfunctioning ones Error. that's Error. why oh. Oh, oh he's back oh. we see him again he's back ladies and gentlemen there he is oh that's, that's a problem man. <laughs> oh no that's so good turn off your virus protection it'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> We don't need a lawsuit. Um, wait, what's that?
2: So we don't need a lawsuit. Yep. He turns it off. His computer gets virus.
3: Oh, that's true. Then he can, yeah. then he can come after Simply Sassy. That's, yeah. that's
2: not good. Yeah. Um, all that Simply Sassy money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so <dropping>
3: much.
2: $0. <laughs> I think we're actually oh. negative because of all the equipment and gear that we've had. To I know.
3: We've, we've probably spent more money uh, trying to get everything set up and, and working. He's back. Am I back? Ooh, yeah. I, I, I can hear some dialogue coming from your microphone now, so.
4: That's good. Hit us with a, us you know with a haiku. Um,
5: I'm not prepared for that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure not many people would be, to be fair. Um, I think, uh, okay, so and my biggest question uh, is, where did the name Jose Ruckus come from? where like where why is why did this become the way that everybody knows you even though your real name is brandon
5: okay so it's a bit of a long story um i grew up watching wrestling and being a big fan of like the early 2000s era of smackdown which i think is one of the best uh wrestling products that's ever been put on screen and um a big, big thing about that uh, was that it was uh, there were a lot of upfront like popular Latino stars on that show, um, and I, I grew up in a super heavy um, Mexican community. I'm half Mexican myself and stuff. So like guys like Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio and Chavo Guerrero, these guys are like super, super popular, and. Um, I, You know, playing video games, uh, wrestling, you do a lot of creative character stuff, a lot of, you know, fooling around and doing wrestling when you're a kid and stuff. And so I wanted to make, like, a luchador-style character when I was playing, like, No Mercy, WrestleMania 2000 stuff. And so I came up with the name. I don't even know how I got the name, but Jose Ruckus. And I sort of used that whenever I was doing wrestling stuff. Whenever I did a creative character or anything like that, that was always the name that I would use. And then... Um, a few years ago, I started kicking around with the idea of doing like a sports blog or something, wanting it to be like comedy focused and stuff, but also like, I like sports. Um, I've, we've tried to do me and my brother tried to do some other sports type podcasts before and stuff, but we couldn't really ever get anything to like work right or gel in a way that we wanted to. And so I wanted to do these like comedy sports articles or blogs or whatever but I also didn't want to have my name just be associated with dumb sports guy. So I thought about when I would do these articles, I was like, I should do them under the name Jose Ruckus. And then when we were planning out Aces Wild, the podcast, it was, again, like... Um, there's a character from the Dan Lundetard show, which, uh, you know, Andy Cortez, a huge fan of that, and I started watching it because of him. But they have a character on there named People, who is this like just diehard uh, Miami Hurricanes fan. He's super annoying, and he doesn't really know anything about the sport. It's just all just, oh, it's the Miami Hurricanes are the best of all time. And I thought about doing something similar to that when doing the podcast. Like, that's why I was calling it like the world's number one wild aces fan and stuff like that. Because I wanted to... Sort of parody the really obnoxious sports fan who only cares about his team and doesn't actually follow the the league as a whole. And that kind of not ended up being what the show was because um, we we were able to do a lot more interviews than I thought we were going to do and a lot more serious stuff. So the name is sort of incongruous with what the product is now, but you know, we're just kind of stuck with it. And I think it's cool. So.
3: Uh, the biggest thing I gained from all of that information is that it was originally created as a wrestling name. So that leads me to wonder how many flips rolls, and twists does this character have in his repertoire?
5: A lot of flips, a lot of flips, big fan of wrestlers who do flips, um, probably a lot of twists. Um, ideally it would be like uh i'm a little more on the uh the eddie guerrero side of things and the Rey mysterio things so not not a whole lot of like super high flying doing a whole bunch of flips and stuff a little more technical wrestling but yeah
4: yeah it's the, the luchador style is just amazing a lot of flips a lot of twists fun stuff nice that's awesome
3: um, another question that I had. Uh, so you you said you got to, into sports later in life. Um, what got you into sports? What was the catalyst that was like, holy crap, sports?
5: Um, so it was a couple things kind of all coming together at once. Um, one was fantasy football. Um, just a game that's sort of related to the sports, but you don't have to be a sports fan to actually play it. Uh, my family had a league. That needed a spot, so I took it and just sort of started learning about football through that. At the same time, I had a friend who, I live in Northern California, so mostly here it's Raiders fans, 49ers fans. But I have a friend from the Pacific Northwest who is a huge Seahawks fan. And so when I was watching football, a lot of the time I was watching it with him when we were hanging out. And I learned about uh, guys like Marshawn Lynch, who's like my favorite football player of all time. Um, super funny dude Really hard runner um, Started off being Just a fan of him But through tri- following him And watching him I became like a super big Seahawks fan And that's right around the same time that that Seahawks team Got
4: like, really
5: Also living in Around the exact same time Is during the San Francisco Giants Dynasty era Where they won in 2010, 2012, 2014 so right around that 2011-2010, I'm starting to watch football. The Giants are really good, so I'm starting to watch them. And then that just sort of snowballed into just sports in general.
3: That's awesome. Now, would you agree that fantasy football is basically Dungeons and Dragons for people that like sports?
4: Um,
5: so that actually used to be the name of our league for a while. Um it it's not exactly
4: uh, there's no, not, there's, there's not a lot
5: of Because I mean There are a lot of others Like, like fantasy baseball is actually probably more like Dungeons of Dragons for jocks Because that's very serious You have to be like into it Almost 100% pretending to be a baseball manager Fantasy football is more like um, It's more like an MMO for jocks Where it is more about just like Hanging out and like I don't know if you ever played like World of Warcraft back in the day and stuff, but having your big old spreadsheets out to figure out how to max out your gear and stuff, that's more of what my experience of playing fantasy football is like.
4: That's awesome. That was actually a way better explanation than I expected, and I loved it. I've thought about it before. I don't <laughs>
3: It's it's just always one of those those things, because people look at uh, people that play video games or or do Dungeons & Dragons as, quote-unquote, nerdy, but then they'll turn around and do something, uh, you know, like fantasy football, and I'm like, well, isn't that kind of nerdy, but it's a different type of nerdy? Like, can't we all just be cool nerds, you know? Why can't we just all be cool
4: nerds? I, think. I agree with that.
0: I, I had a question. So you mentioned Marshawn Lynch, and he if I recall, is the owner of the Beast, correct? Yeah. Yes. So why did you choose the Wild Aces over the Beasts then?
5: Kind of funny. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, Okay. Because I'm also Richard Sherman. I'm a huge Mm. fan of Richard Sherman. Not so much anymore because he betrayed us and went to the 49ers, but that's beside the point. Mm. But, um, you know, so these other Seahawks are involved in the ownership groups and stuff and... My my fandom for them is a lot more passive. Like it is just I'm a fan of them. Whereas as you guys know, kind of funny. I mean, you guys just had Greg on not too long ago, and like completely blew up everything because of that. Um, it's it's a much more um, it's not it's not a passive fandom, right? Uh, Marshawn Lynch would not have been on the fourth episode of whatever the Beast podcast would have been, you know. So. Um, my love for kind of funny and that and the community in general
4: is much larger than it is for a lot of things. That's awesome.
3: Yeah. I mean, this is easily, the kind of funny community is easily one of the best communities out there for sure. There's so much good stuff that comes out of this community. So many connections and people that I never would have met without, um, you know, without being
4: part of this community. Yeah. It's, 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 it's amazing.
0: Nice. Gage,
4: did you have any questions
0: for Jose Ruckus?
3: Gage slowly looks over to the monitor,
4: <laughs> then um, begins
3: to think. <laughs> I, I want
1: you to narrate everything for me now, Phil. Um, hmm. I, I guess... I know we, we kind of touched on parts of this already, but just content creation in general, I know you, you talked about how you wanted to do like the, uh, like the sports blog, like the comedy kind of driven sports blog and stuff like that was content creation as a whole, something you've always kind of had a passion for in some sense, or was it more of just a, Oh, here's an idea for this one thing I could do that kind of just steamrolled into what it's become now.
5: Um, so so I, I spent like all of high school and a little bit afterwards playing in bands, um, not so much working on like a lot of people, you know, would spend their high school time doing YouTube and stuff. And I was writing songs and playing concerts and recording and stuff. And I think a lot of that uh, sort of turned into me wanting to do content creation um, when I kind of retired from playing in bands and it just became too stressful and stuff trying to find things that I could primarily do by myself. And that sort of turned into writing a lot more. Um, and for a long time, I was focused on trying to be a writer. And I, I, you know, wrote some short stories and stuff like that, wrote a unpublished novel and things like that. But like, yeah, like it, it has always been like, sort of like a driving thing for me to try to do something that I can put out there and share with other people and stuff. And I think I just found starting to, Try out, like, I'd, I'd probably done, like, somewhere between five and ten other podcasts before I did Ace's Wild, trying out a bunch of different things, trying to find something that worked, and then just sort of landed into this.
1: Awesome. I just thought you are just going to drop that you wrote a novel and just move right past yeah. that. Just Oh, it's not good. Like There's nothing to talk about there. But it's not still, a good novel. You still did it, though. Like, I've tried to write stories in the past, and I'll get, like, three pages in, and then it's like... I'm going to play video games and I never get back to it. So the fact that you actually did that, that's, that's impressive.
5: Um, it is, I mean, but like you, I mean, you guys like in the content creation side of things, uh, you guys do so much more than I do. I'm on like a couple month hiatus right now from the podcast. Cause I just don't know what to do with it until like we start building into season two. Like, so it, it is that same level. It is just like, the drive of content creation in some way or another, wherever it kind of finds you. And I've been lucky enough to be able to bounce around a couple different areas of it between music and then writing and then now doing this, you know?
4: Awesome.
3: You're, you're still blowing past the whole idea that you wrote a novel and yes. you, yeah.
4: it's, it's, I
5: mean, I, just, I heard you,
2: about this. Where can we find it? We can we bring
5: yeah. it? Uh, you can't. It's not good, and nobody should read it. Um, it That's is, not for you, know... you to
2: decide, is it?
5: That's
3: up for us to decide. <laughs> we want, we, we might love it. For sure. It's, true. You, I you mean, it's you your choice. Like it. It's your choice to publish it, but it's our choice yeah. if we like it or not.
5: It, it is something like like. What's it about? Buddy? Novels, uh, it's a horror. Novel. Yes. i definitely love to see this. Thing. It's in like the Lovecraftian horror kind of genre and stuff. Um, Bloodborne and, and like true detective inspired and stuff. It needs a lot of rewrites. Um, the story completely falls apart towards the end and stuff. It's one of the like it's it probably Sounds took Like about, every hard like,
2: movie for the most part. It pod. probably
5: took <laughs> like two months to write, and like two months is like way too fast to write something really cohesive. It would need so quite a bit of work.
3: About the amount of time it took them to write the story for Resident Evil 7.
1: Yeah. About Damn i would have said like six or something but you gotta go after one of the good games okay jeez i'm
3: just saying seven falls apart towards the end so it makes sense right it follows in line (laughs) makes sense so what what it sounds like is that uh you should definitely keep working on it and uh get it to a point of polish uh stephen king you know, has uh, some stuff that he talks about about writing, and he says, "Keep writing until, you know, you write something that makes um, it seem like you meant to write it that way." And now that I'm thinking about that, that might actually have been Neil Gaiman, and I'm
4: sorry. <laughs> yeah, it it is a thing where I, I do I keep
5: uh, legal notepads all over my house and stuff, and like. Um, I've done two episodes of the show Pitch It now. Uh, the second episode actually dropped today for Batman and stuff. So like, I, I'm writing stories and stuff all the time. Like I de- I have I, I like a, like a writer's brain and stuff. And I made the logo I, for that show. Oh really? It's a good yeah. show. Good logo. Thank you. <laughs> but um, I, I am like I have a bunch of notes about that that novel, and maybe one day we'll get back to it and stuff. But like. I'm having a lot of fun doing this right now and writing. Writing's a lot.
2: So you've obviously got a big passion as well for film, which we'll, we'll talk about, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. But do you see yourself as is is the end goal here to potentially try and actually write a screenplay? Is, is that a passion that you might want to... Is that something you're considering or looking at getting into?
5: Um, I've thought about it. I, I definitely have ideas, but I don't think so. Um, I definitely... Don't have the connections to make that kind of thing into a reality, and um, definitely don't have any of the technical know how to go out and do it on my own. So, screenplay stuff, probably not. Maybe eventually we'd get into the area of me like publishing a novel. I actually have thought about ideas for doing so because I actually stopped uh, reading fiction novels a couple years ago and only read fiction stuff. And so I've had some ideas about maybe in a couple years doing an FCF book, and I've taken some notes for that. That might be fun. That might be something that eventually comes together, but we'll see. We just kind of go where it takes them.
3: That would be really cool to kind of figure out and navigate the way of kind of writing that story, talking to the people that, you know, created it and getting behind, like, where did the idea come from? What it what was your guys' like roadmap? How did the plan go from start to execution? How do you feel like things went, you know, versus what you, the idea you had um, and then the completed first season, you know, and getting like little blurbs from different people. That, that sounds like a great idea. That's really cool. Yeah, I, th- I think it would be really
5: cool. Especially, like, when you start looking in, like, the FCF has been some way or another for about five years now. Um, they've sort of you know, did like they, they called this the beta test, right? They were sort of doing this test version with this team called the Screaming Eagle at one point, and, like, we're getting to the point where I think, and we get into season two when they add two more teams into stuff, this is like the culmination of like a much bigger process. Than I think anybody really realizes, And I think it would be cool to kind of like let Patrick Dees and Sorab Verrudi like kind of tell that story of building this thing.
2: That's cool. That'd be awesome. I think so. Yeah. Obviously we, we mentioned you are obviously a big, big fan of film and I'm a huge fan of this, uh, this podcast. Not if you've heard about it, it's called HBO Max. Um so I, I kind of I kind of want to know kind of yeah you sort of, I guess your history and then what got you into films and also I want to know what some of your favorite films are.
5: Um I don't know if there's anything that particularly got me into film. Film has just been a thing that's been a part of my life forever. Um my you know my parents are like casual film fans but just growing up there's the sort of people who just always had a movie on TV just in the background and stuff and like spending a lot of time like watching the same movies over and over again, just whatever movies they liked. And you know how like um, TBS here will just like buy like three movies for like the next couple months and just show them like every other day. And so just having those just sit on there. So you're watching, you know, speed like five times in a month. And so just sort of like, you know, watching the same kind of movies over and over again and then getting into high school and starting to get more serious about it around the time I watched the movie Boondock Saints which is not a particularly good movie but like it is one of those like Artur filmmaker who just he made it by himself um, you know you can hear a lot like if you ever listen to Kevin Smith and stuff when he did like those kind of funny interviews like he talked about um,
1: uh, Oh, we have Robot Jose back again yeah you're, okay. you're, we're, we're dropping you quite a bit
3: And gone. Another great facial
2: pause though. Love it. <laughs> the best. I think oh, it's good. the
1: same one from earlier. It's just a perfect
2: <laughs> perfect read there you know, that was crazy, Phil. Like I was thinking, like, you're wearing the same clothes that you were for the out of LA last week with Judy. I know. It's so weird,
3: right? And so is McKenna. That's awesome. Yeah.
4: It's, it's almost cool. like
2: nothing has changed
3: from one episode to the other. <laughs>
4: It's yeah. interesting
3: <laughs> It's always interesting, you know yeah, if So talks... how are you
2: guys all going? Are you all going good? Things are great
3: Living
0: it up. Um, yeah. Things are working, I'm
2: very happy say you're gonna... killing the hosting, buddy you're just Oh, a I,
0: uh, I'm feeling very, very nervous <laughs>
2: you're, doing you're doing a great awesome job buddy.
3: Fantastic job I'm, uh, I'm going to read some Neil Gaiman quotes while we're waiting here
4: uh, <laughs> get A book right
3: <laughs> that you hold in your hands that's that's a, that's a quote from from Neil holding stuff. Uh, and I learned to write by writing. Mm. Also a great quote by Neil. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Stories may well be lies, but they are good lies that say true things and which can sometimes pay the rent. I mean, this is gold right here, everybody. This guy, what does he write for? <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, what? Who, who is he? Neil Gaiman. Yeah, what did Sandman, American Gods, nothing. A bunch of the, stuff.
2: Is it the Amazon Prime show? The, did he write a, the thing that it's based on?
3: He yeah yeah he's written he's written a lot of stuff. I have
2: That's a very prolific of... writer.
0: Coraline.
2: Oh my god. Coral. Oh Coraline. I know Coraline. The movie's terrifying. Uh, Excuse me.
1: Quotes. There's a really good one. I like to live my life by. It, it's um. You know what they say. Fool me once. Strike one, but fool me twice, strike three. From the one and only Michael Gary Scott.
2: From oh. Oh. I, thought you, I thought you were going to say, I don't want your laugh." <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. Kids okay, will make
3: reference.
2: their nightmares
3: up out of anything. And the important thing in fiction, if you're giving them nightmares, is to demonstrate that nightmares are beatable. That's a great
2: quote. It's true.
4: I wish I hope that, that in this
2: what's I've, that? I've seen
1: like a, I've seen like a lot of horror movies and stuff or played horror games where that's just that's just false. It's like you can't win. You're going to die. Yeah, everything's like, over. And I'm like, I don't like this anymore. Like, what the hell?
3: Actually, that's that's very much like Friday the 13th and a lot, a lot of horror films like that. Quarantine is another one where it's like the monster is not dead by the end of the movie or, is it the, you know, the villainy is not over. Um, yeah. You didn't actually kill the monster. Yeah, that's, that's actually oh, really yeah. interesting.
2: So on, on horror, yeah. we may need to pick your brain about this because obviously yeah. after we had um, Prince Jackson on a couple of weeks ago, oh my God. Sure, by the way, you should check it out if you haven't. But um, yeah, obviously you've started listening to Nightlight Podcast. How are you enjoying it, buddy? Oh, dude, it's so, so good, right? good. It's so
3: good. I've um, So I'm only listening to the episodes where I've seen the movies so far, yeah. um, and I'm trying to get through those before I start watching some of the stuff that I haven't seen um their interview episodes are fantastic I I got through cool Greg the mm-hmm. most recent one they had on um Rebecca uh, oh my gosh I I'm forgetting her name right now um I was just in for introduced to her through the podcast and she's got um a show called dead meat I believe um with her uh, her, yeah, fiance, yeah. her husband and and that seems really cool I want to check her out um uh, and Khalif Adams was the other interview that I got to listen to. And all of them have been so good so far. Absolutely wonderful. <laughs> I know. It, funny enough, this is the second time i referenced him today. <laughs> um, no, you <laughs> but, referenced him uh, last week, remember? On Jody's episode. Oh, sorry, sorry. I mean, last, yeah, 100%. percent break the immersion, Oh, jeez. Oh, I'm shy <laughs> We're um, doing so well. Um, well, leave it to me to screw it up. I um, like next
2: time we need to do costume
3: changes halfway. <laughs> <laughs>
2: costume changes to really commit. Changes? Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, halfway
0: uh, after, the, after the
2: episode. Um,
0: yeah. keep that in mind.
2: Yeah, it's, it's such a great podcast. What a great episode that was too. What a nice, <laughs> young man. nice young man, that Prince Jackson.
3: Yeah, um, and I just I love just the detailed breakdown of stuff that they go through. <laughs> um. Whoa, where did Johnny Ace come from? Uh. <laughs> now do your best Johnny Ace. See, I want I need
2: to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> How's Malta dude? How you going? It's been a while since you've been on the show.
1: It's uh <laughs> it's great. Weather's nice. I'm I'm winning at, at sports of course, so. Tennis? How's the tennis coming along? <laughs> tennis you know there's only so many times you can win before it gets old but it hasn't gotten old yet so
2: That's where this is okay. gone i uh
3: i gotta ask a big big thing i gotta ask uh what do you think about nick scarpino playing warzone
4: look uh,
1: nick scarpino he's uh he's one of the only people that's actually good at it you know that he, he he broke it down into a science that the 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 trick is you have to play inverted on mouse and keyboard once you do that then you're good to go all these other Beautiful. losers out there like andy cortez who's like eh i'm gonna move up on the mouse and i'm gonna look up it's child's play it's child's play Inver- inverted mouse and keyboard that's how you do it
2: awesome
3: that's really yeah, cool but-
2: there you have it per tip.
3: Now, do you only recommend doing inverted controls while playing on a PlayStation 5 with a keyboard and mouse, or do you recommend that even PC players do it?
1: Everybody should do it, but if you really want to be the very best of the best, you do it on Nintendo Switch. How? I don't know. I don't even know what's possible. But you figure it out.
3: You figure it out, kids. If anyone can do it, it's Johnny Ace, for sure. Oh, definitely.
2: Absolutely. Hey, Johnny, we've got a, we've got a member that, uh, he's a huge fan of Pokemon. Uh, Kamau, you might've, might've heard of him. Um, what are your thoughts on Pokemon? And What's your favorite Pokemon, Johnny?
1: Pokey What? Sorry. What was that?
2: Or Pokemon. Uh, it seems as though sorry, Johnny not, may not, not a, know what I'm Pokemon
1: not are. Sure. You're drawing a blank there. Poke, Poke, Pokemon. What do you, why the do you what did Mon ever do to you? Why do you want to Pokemon? I don't understand. What?
2: or is i coming back into this here
3: who's who's that
2: um so pokemon pokemon stands for pocket
1: monsters (laughs) it's good
3: pocket monsters Um, like like pocket monsters little surprises you find in your back pocket
1: when you've been sitting in a stranger's couch for too long what do you (laughs) Those like old halls throat <laughs> lozenges you, you pull out that have been in there covered in hair for like 10 years.
2: Is pocket What's monsters. Been happening what? while
1: I've been gone?
2: Johnny, Johnny Ace is here oh now.
5: <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, guys. I had to go power cycle uh, the whole system over there. Oh,
3: no. Welcome back, Jose Ruckus. We're so happy to have you back. We are now joined by Johnny Ace. Uh, Gage had to go. So we're really happy to have uh, Johnny Ace Esquire uh, here. Um but yeah thanks for coming back we're, we're happy to have you back on I honestly don't remember where we were or what we
2: were talking about We talking anymore. about movie movie and films we're talking so. about movies. Oh yeah. perfect The thing that really impresses me about you uh, RJ Josh Brandon is um just the <laughs> your, your knowledge like we'll be talking and you'll pull up some sort of deep cut from a movie or music yeah. that, or band that I've just I'm like how do you know that reference like it's amazing He's got such a wealth of knowledge about it. It's amazing. So it's good to know yeah. where that where of comes from. That's that's good.
5: Yeah, I spent I spent a lot of the formative years of my life watching the commentaries on DVDs and reading a lot of Wikipedia pages. Um, uh, but yeah, like I just like watched movies like my whole life, really. And um, in in high school, I got a little more serious about it. But like I don't I don't think I'm like that serious into film like i mean there are definitely people who can talk about movies a lot more deeply than i can like a lot of people like film like a film student would just like completely like tear me apart like talking about movies right I'm, i have a very like general knowledge My, i i'm more focused on the story side of things um cuz that's that's really like what interests me about like movies and i i I've got a lot of comic books obviously and stuff and um I just like stories. I like sort of the art of storytelling and story structure and stuff. And that's sort of what I focus on. Um, And then just, yeah, I like, I really like knowing stuff and I like learning something. So I'll watch a movie and then I'll read a Wikipedia page about it. And I'll go on YouTube and start watching interviews about it. And I kind of just do that with everything.
2: Nice. Nice. And I can't wait to see what movies we're going to get next on uh, HBO Max. So can you tell us a little bit about Thank the show you. and um, what your hopes are and plans for it are for the future?
5: Sure. Um, HBO Max is a show that exists because of a joke. Uh, <laughs> you, you can go be find it. To be
2: fair, it was a great joke.
5: It was <laughs> yeah. so good. It's a good pun. Good um, it is just HBO Max which turned into HBO Max.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Um... What are the plans for the show in the future? Literally none. Yeah. Uh, We we have no plans. We have no aspirations for the show. It exists. We're going to keep doing episodes, probably. (laughs) That's about
2: it. Can we get some more Happy Medicine movies?
5: Uh, there is one. There's one more Happy Madison movie that's on HBO Max. It's is Happy it? Gilmore. Um, we're yes. gonna watch Happy Gilmore at some point. I think the next movie that we're going to do is A League of Their Own. I believe that's the plan.
2: Now that is the. Is it Gina Davis? Tom Hanks? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Good movie.
5: Yeah, really, really good movie. Actually, um, McKenna hasn't seen it. McKenna has barely seen any movies.
4: Yeah. So everybody...
5: that'll be a fun one.
2: <laughs> Johnny, you I... look like you got a question over there. Have you got a you got a question? What? No, I'm just <laughs> I'm I'm just enjoying just yeah, vibes. It's just vibes. Just enjoying it's just this vibes.
1: Conversation. Been, <laughs> and I haven't spoken to another human being in about 6 months, you know, we're down in that uh, tennis bubble right now in Malta getting ready for the next season. Uh we can't get covid vaccines down there apparently because uh um uh, some people are telling me that where I live doesn't exist. Uh, it doesn't make any sense Easy. to me because I live there, but yeah, so we're just kind of, just kind of hanging out. In you're, this...
5: you're in, you're in, you're in Malta right now, preparing
1: for the next season? Yes. Yes. I'm in Malta right now.
2: How do you feel about Gage? I know last time you had some strong words Ooh. about, about uh, one of our, one of our <laughs> members, Gage. <laughs> what, are you, what are your uh, thoughts I don't, on I don't, him? I don't, I don't know a, a Gage. Who, who are you talking about? I think, I believe you referenced him working at Walmart or something. Was Was it? That... <laughs>
1: Oh right, he's the one that I, I said should have an icicle fall on his face. Yeah, I don't That's like him. One. That's the one. I don't one. like him. He seems. I, I don't mean to use strong language on this show, cause uh, I'm 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 the special guest, so like I don't want to uh, I don't want to take away from anybody, but he seems kind of like a punk. I'm just gonna say he's kind of a punk.
2: Yeah. Wow strong words pretty sure johnny
1: johnny you know that we're in the middle
5: of clay season right now right we're in the middle of the clay season right now are you just taking the season off to prepare for the next season
1: yeah i've already won plenty of games this season like why would i keep like i already the trophy's already mine like i could just walk up and be like hey that that's mine and they have to give it to me so okay and just give other people a chance to feel good about themselves but yeah okay
5: that makes sense
3: I, I think you should be careful talking so negatively about Gage because the man is is very close to uh, wrapping a noose around his neck and kicking a chair over so can we say something nice to Gage please
2: we love Gage, Gage is great
0: shout out to Gage
2: where did he go by the way shout out to Gage, he's I'm an amazing this, person I'm
1: gonna say this on Gage's uh, behalf Phil Jesus Christ <laughs>
2: The show took a turn.
5: <laughs> now, now, John, you're in Malta right now. You're in Malta right now.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm in. I'm
5: in Malta right now. It's interesting that you've decorated your room exactly the way the
1: game oh, does. It's a, uh, it's a uh, this this cool app I have called Nvidia Broadcast. Like, look, I can be in Gage's room or I can be hanging out with my best friend. Damn it, it's not loaded. It's
4: been... Nvidia Broadcast,
1: your best friend. Where is he? Slightly not vertical lines. No, he was here a second. There he is, Papa Vin. Best friend, Papa <laughs> Vin. I can I can replace the background with that, or I can replace it with with Gage's bedroom.
3: See. Oh,
4: okay. You're Hanging
3: out with all the celebs, Johnny. So. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to get this back on track, so I'm going to throw a community question in here uh, yep, for shoot. Jose. I'm ready. Uh, the <laughs> wonderful uh, Matt Batson at. Matt S. Batson on Twitter asks, what's the best color to drink?
5: You know, I actually went back and listened to this episode not too long ago um, (laughs) because it's it's one of my favorite episodes of The Kind of Funny Podcast ever. Mostly because they spent a really long time talking about
4: Santana's Smooth, which is one of my favorite songs. Um, Hmm. You know, I don't really know. Like... I don't. I don't have a color preference in terms of drink. I kind of go across the spectrum, and I don't find myself in a single spot for very. It's, yeah. I don't. I don't think there's an answer to this one. All the colors taste good. There are no bad colors for drinks. I particularly like the citrusy ones. Uh, how do you feel about the citrusy colors?
5: I I love an orange soda. Um, I I mean. Mountain Dew is kind of citrusy. Love, love a Mountain Dew. Clear beverages. Clear beverages are
2: great. Lots what is Mountain Dew is flavor? Mouth. Can we get to the bottom of this? Like what flavor is Mountain Dew? Like it's so <laughs> weird. <laughs> I love it, but yeah, it's so bizarre. Question. Do you think it is just someone that I know this is that they've been the rumor for a while, That is it is just someone that mixed a bunch of sodas together and then just kind of that's the flavor. So Inter- 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 what, what I miss? What, what <laughs> are <Whoa. those>
4: guys? <laughs>
2: Oh. Don't you miss well, Ben Diesel, Johnny Ace? It's crazy. What? Yeah. Yeah. God, I always miss the yeah. cool stuff.
1: No
5: offense. Said he, he said
2: he's a big fan of yours, Johnny Ace. <laughs>
1: really? Yeah.
5: yeah. Yeah. Big fan of yours. All right. No bad. He must have snuck into your house and took a picture of your room because he used it as his background.
3: It's a bit creepy, right? Yeah. He also said, "Burn that rope in your top drawer. You shouldn't use it." <laughs> on
1: behalf of johnny ace Phil, jesus christ oh
3: my god so So mountain dew is technically uh, a citrus drink yeah
5: so i believe the origins of mountain dew is that it was made to cut with moonshine like you didn't want to just drink your moonshine by itself so it's like a really pungent thing that you can put moonshine in, have it like be
2: nice. Uh, I hope that's true. That's great. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. Um, I have another community question as well. Just um, this one comes from. Let me just bring this up here. I had it here a second ago, but it's disappeared on me. Um, the one and only Erica Ambolina on Twitter. Uh, what are you looking forward to most for next season? But I kind of think we've I stole a question earlier. Um, so. That doesn't quite work. Well, we can
5: do another thing that I'm looking forward to. (laughs) That would be great. That would be great. um, Yeah. I'm really looking forward to a new crop of players that we get to know. Um, You know, a new cast of characters who are going to come in and hopefully be bright personalities
4: the way a lot of the guys in Season 1 were. I'm, I'm really looking forward to something like that. Nice. Good answer. Good answer. I found another community question, not on
0: Twitter, but in the Discord chat. Oh, Gino yeah, yeah. Gino has, so touching back on the movie thing, he says he's currently watching Tenet. Uh, two questions. First, did you watch the movie? Second, did you get it?
5: Well... One, yes, I did watch it. Mm-hmm. Two, I did get it in that I own a four K Blu-ray copy of it right up there, so I did get the
4: movie. Clever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh well, I like, in the movie. We've we,
0: talked we, we
5: about it. Gino got a HP Max.
0: Episode two. Come on.
2: <laughs> Let's go, people. Episode two. Yeah,
1: the one doesn't watch well, anything unless he's referenced. So What's that? so oh. gino doesn't watch anything unless he's referenced in it
2: so now he has to watch this show yeah yeah
3: <laughs> he also has to watch uh last week's episode with Jerdy because yep. <laughs> he also was referenced in
2: that one good job phil last week good job buddy. <laughs> <Killing it>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um i, I do I, have, I have one, one other quick oh, sorry. quick i oh, so i do have one other quick question which i kind of uh Need to to find out about is it's just around the banana milk and your your sponsorship deal. So is it obviously the first of potentially many sponsorship deals you've got coming up that you work you know,
5: on? We're really we're really hoping that it is the first of many. Um, you know we, we we tried reaching out to uh, the people at Sprite Soda, uh, big fan of their grapefruit soda. Um, that's that that never really came together. Um, but yeah, people banana. Oh my god. So, such, such great people Send him, mm. sending me some free chocolate banana milk. Hoping to do some work with them in the future in terms <laughs> of sponsorship.
2: That'd be awesome. Now, can you, can you ask, ask me, food, like, sir. Sprite over here, growing up, Sprite was lemonade, but now, like, when you look at it, it says a lemonade flavored drink or something. Like, what's the deal with that? Is it not technically it? lemonade anymore? Yeah. Maybe it's just so I, I lemon lime soda. Yeah, uh, lemon lime. Oh, is it lemon lime? Is that what it is? Okay. So growing up as as a kid though, like that's lemonade. That was what we had, and then yeah, they just changed it up a little bit recently. So it's lemon lime flavored now. Weird. Oh, interesting. Okay.
3: Now what? Okay, not not to to hijack the episode, but Ben, what does the word lemonade mean to you?
2: Well, back back in the day, growing up, you would go to a party, you'd say lemonade. It would be Sprite. That's what they. That's where they would be. So my. Is that the only thing that lemonade means to you? Not
3: not anymore heard... now. Number have you ever point. heard the term lemonade stand?
2: I have, yeah. And we, we did have those every now and then. I and had that was just lemon- people selling Sprite? I had, I had a lemonade stand of my own, and we, we did make some lemonade with a, a heap of sugar. That's, I guess, everyone doesn't know, right? But, yeah, I had my little lemonade stand. I was very successful. Very... I mean, was it called your Sprite stand? Like, what... <laughs> Well, no, we didn't. Didn't use sprite for that, though. You know, I eventually figured out what lemonade I mean, was, to be fair, we have,
1: We've got weird naming conventions here in the states as well. Like, if you go to places like in, uh, I think it's Texas, everything's a Coke. Like, if they yeah. have Pepsi or Mountain oh, oh, Dew, it's like you just, you, it's a Coke. That's what you say, and yeah, so I don't, I don't blame you, Ben.
2: Oh, it's the same with same with coffee over here like there's so many different variations of coffee but over there or over over in the us i know you've got a, it's just pretty much black or white coffee right that's pretty much it eh?
3: everything is coffee it's just all <laughs> coffee
2: i look like such an idiot when i walk into the, like, the local yes, store
1: but at the same time i feel like we probably have the most like uh i don't know what the, the proper term would be like coffee aficionados who were like I want the Trenta Macchiato caramel uh, uh, slow roast blend and it's like bro do you want fucking coffee or not like come on
2: <laughs> I went to a we'll cafe over there and I was like oh can I just have a flat white please and the lady gave me this look like what the f- what planet are you from I'm like what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? she's like, she's like, like I said, a flat white and she's like what and I was like coffee she's like, oh coffee yeah, yeah and she just grabs the pot of coffee
3: So, yeah, like it's it's weird. So when when my wife says, oh, hey, you know, we're going to go to Starbucks, get some coffee. And then she orders a salted caramel cream cold brew and her friend orders a double mocha something or other. Like it's but it's all considered under the umbrella of like coffee, even though they're.
1: In there, completely so. blended yeah, beverages.
3: The, yeah, the, that's the linking thing: is that they have some sort of espresso and/or coffee injected into you them. You could
1: also say um, we're going to go to Star- uh, Starbucks and get some sugar water. It's like it's kind of the same yeah, thing. exactly,
3: exactly. Yeah. What are your thoughts on sugar water, Jose? I'm
5: a big fan of sugar water. Uh, <laughs> we're we're a couple months away from the uh, the pumpkin spice latte coming back. Big fan. A uh, big fan of the pumpkin spice cold brew as well, which they've been doing for the last uh, year or two. Big fan of that. Cannot wait for that. Um I did have a caramel macchiato this morning. Big oh, fan of that. So but good. I also drink a lot of just iced black coffee. So I can go either way.
4: Nice. Great, and
3: great uh, podcast so far. I, I love it. I think we had <laughs> I think we had one. I think we had one community question left. Uh do we know who had that one Ben? Did you send that that over to somebody?
2: Uh, I think
3: here in my mail. So. The one it from would... McKenna? Oh, uh, yeah, the one from McKenna. I'm just sure believe she might have
2: asked that at the, start of it. Of the show. Oh, okay, just making sure. Yeah. But I do have a question. it's oh, <laughs> the same it's the same question that I ask every guest when they go on the show, which is what is
4: Greg Miller and how is he able to be everywhere at once? Oh no. Oh,
3: no. perfect timing i'm telling you i'm telling you he is a robot designed and created by greg miller it's why he lives in northern california but he like literally he is the robot and that's why he can't say what greg miller is it's because he's one of greg's robots every time he tries to say something about it he's gonna malfunction i'm telling you ask joe rogan Go back.
0: he's back
2: don't don't ask Joe Rogan. That was very convenient.
5: Yeah. <laughs> um, Craig Miller, cool guy. That's uh, that's all I have to say on the matter. Very, very cool guy.
4: So you're right.
5: um, why why is he able to be everywhere? I don't is he? I
4: don't, I don't,
2: I don't. He's deflecting here. This is we might be stumbling. This might be the answer that we need for our documentary. <laughs> we might be getting closer.
5: I'm I'm 100% not an actor that Greg paid to be a Wild Aces fan.
3: I don't know who's been saying that, but it's not true. Mm -hmm. Paid actors. Paid actors. That's something that we never considered. We never considered that he had, like, paid actors that look somewhat like him, and then, or just people in general that he pays to do things for him or act like him on the internet. This is a great theory. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. We've uncovered something in the deflections.
2: Of Jose. I know, I'm, just, I'm just stating side I inside. Um... Wait, Jose, have you got glasses? Can you put some glasses on? I don't have any
0: glasses around
2: me, Phil. Very interesting. Okay.
0: Convenient.
2: Yes. Anyway, that was my question.
3: <laughs> Re- realistically, if you had. Uh, the ability to just complete any dream uh, we've talked about a lot of stuff here um, but if you had okay. the ability to complete like <laughs> uh, like a dream that you have always wanted to do, it doesn't have to be like job related, doesn't have to be you know anything, just a life goal or dream, what would it be? And he's frozen again isn't he?
4: He's frozen!
3: He <laughs> <laughs> can't save you know? He can't save. <laughs> There you go. There he's back. He's back. Yeah. I don't. Did you hear any of that?
5: I did. I, I. I. can hear you guys the entire time. I don't know why I'm just jumping. It's very.
4: Um, <laughs> that's... Man, that's a tough question to answer. Um. I i have been at the, at this point. I would. I would say if I had, like, any
5: opportunity that I could do, I would probably want to, like, have a job within the FCF or, like, the Wild Aces organization as they expand out. Doing something in there, I
3: think, would sort of kind of be the dream at this point. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, how, How far do you see the FCF going? Like, if it keeps... Uh, If seasons keep being popular and things keep, you know, staying on track, do you do you see it becoming something that that is like globally watched with, uh, you know, like tens of thousands of numbers on Twitch?
4: That's that's sort of two questions in there. Do I see it being
5: something that can get tens of thousands of views regularly on Twitch? Yes. Do I see it as something being internationally popular? No. Um, American football is a very American thing. And I, like, this game probably has a better chance of expanding out to a um, worldwide audience than the NFL does. Um, but, like, you know, football is making very small in places like UK, but really not a lot of other places. I don't see this being something that's, you know, gonna be people watching it, like, all across the world. But I can see this being a small league that just consistently pulls in big numbers on Twitch. Sort of in the same way that, like, you know, the Overwatch League does and something like that. The Overwatch League is very popular, but it's also not, like, massive,
3: you know? Yeah, it's, it's just really interesting to me because um, last week we were, oh, with jerdy we were talking about how, um, you know, how this... The FCF got so many people that had never even touched sports or football into football. And, you know, someone like uh, Ben, who lives all the way out in New Zealand, is now a fan, and he's, like, chomping at the bit for the next season and wants to see uh, what's going to happen in the FCF. And it's really interesting because it's on an online platform that's open to anybody to watch. It seems like there's a huge possibility for international people to, to get into it and watch it, especially with the fact that a lot of the team owners, you know, are like more than just sports people. I think that's one of the things that makes football feel so closed off is that the people that are involved, generally speaking care about the NFL. And that's, that's kind of it Uh, where this, there's a lot more uh, broad spectrum of people that are being brought into it.
5: Yeah. I, I, So I think that's more has to do with the Wild Aces in general than it does with the actual FCF, right? Okay. Because um, the other leagues, they were sort of trying out a bunch of different models for how ownership in the FCF season one, right? You had some of the teams owned by traditional sports people. And then some of the more, like, um, kind of influencer sports people like Ronnie 2K and stuff for the Zappers. And then you have them going in, like, the full gaming direction with Wild Aces. And I think that direction works because it is way more open to an audience that doesn't watch football. Like, there's no reason for Ben to care about Marshawn Lynch. He doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know who Richard Sherman is. He doesn't know who... Bob Menery is. I don't even know who Bob Menery is, to be honest with you. But um... I know, and there's sixty percent of them. <laughs> <laughs> but did you know? Did you know them before the FCF?
2: No, did, yeah, but the rest of them probably not. <laughs>
5: yeah. Um. So as they move, they bring these next two teams in, and they plan season after season to bring in more teams. They really do need to go in the direction of trying to find communities like kind of funny trying to find personalities like Greg who do actually have appeal outside of the sports audience otherwise it is going to be a thing that just kind of flounders the same way that other
4: alternative football leagues do where you're just scrounging to get whoever is left over after the nfl's done sure
3: i think that's one of the cool things about talking to someone who has been so ingrained in the FCF and, and what's been going on in the seasons. Because, yeah, I mean, I only watched the games that involved the Wild Aces. I only know mostly about, you know, Oh well, I did have a little clash with the Glacier Boys, but we won't go into that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's very interesting uh, to be able to see it from the other side because I, I thought, like, every team kind of had a mixture of kind of influencer and sports kind of people behind it, I didn't realize that certain teams only had, um, you know, sports people behind them.
5: Yeah, like the the beasts. It's it's Marshawn Lynch. It's Renee Montgomery, who is a uh, former um, WNBA player, really really good one. And then um, it's Miro, who he he used to be a WWE wrestler and stuff, and he. I haven't seen a whole lot of people tune in because of Mary. Like, I don't think he's a draw for a football team, you know, in the way that Marshawn Lynch really is a draw. Like, Beast fans are Beast fans primarily because of Marshawn Lynch. And I think secondary, I think they probably have a big fan base in Atlanta because of Renee McGovern because they were based in Atlanta and stuff. But, like, yeah, I'm I'm not sure how much... I'm I'm sure they have numbers about it and I would be really interested in seeing them about sort of where they think which of the owners is drawing the biggest numbers in terms of watching fans and all that stuff.
3: Was were were the games like only on Twitch? Was that the only place that you could view them, or was there other places that you could see it as well?
4: The
5: championship had some TV broadcasts, I think mostly in Canada. Camp- but I'm not like really sure. I sure. There were some rumors early on that they had some kind of broadcast partnership, um, but we never really saw that come together. And I think that might have just been like a precursor to the um the championship deal. But I don't I don't think they're going to try to get any um any TV deals outside of just I think they're going to plan to stay on Twitch. And part of that is um Amazon is just paying so much for streaming, right? Um, You see it with uh, Amazon just paid a ridiculous amount of money to get Thursday Night Football from the NFL. And I think that that's the business model they're going after. You look at, like, the Spring League right now, who just signed a deal with um, FS1 for their league. And, man, Fox could not give a damn that they have the Spring League. They don't advertise it at all. They don't care. Like, I actually think it would be way worse for them to get a TV deal than to not.
3: Sure. Absolutely. And, and thinking about that, um, having the, the Twitch partnership, like when you look at what happened with Ninja and Drake and how an influencer with someone, you know, very high up in pop culture can like cause an explosion of eyes on you, um, and drive you into becoming one of the most popular and, and, uh, you know, money-making machines of the streaming universe, I think that they definitely should look at um, more influencer ties to other teams to help kind of get the word out and spread the word and get more eyes on the FCF. Um, Because I do think it's a great idea. And I really, like we were talking uh, last week with Jertie, it was, you know, the production values of the FCF were insane as far as, you know, what you actually got to see in those streams.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's an idea with a lot of legs to it, as long as they continue to sort of one-up themselves going into the future, don't rest on the laurels of, like, this being a thing that worked, Um, finding new and bigger personalities to bring in and launch teams with and stuff, Um, like, and, yeah, just the accessibility of it, which, like, sports sports audience amongst um younger people in the united states is going down in pretty much every sport but the nba and part of that is that the nba is um it's a much louder league than a lot of the others the players are they're allowed to have a lot more personality than like especially baseball which is just a dying sport at this point um I think the FCF being on Twitch, being on, you know, having all these influence in there, it's a way to draw in a younger audience that isn't watching a lot of sports these days. And, like, I I think it, it really can work as long as they play it right.
4: Now,
3: this is a more personal question to you. Uh, with the FCF, you know, you said uh, being being over at the moment. You said that you were kind of taking a hiatus from the podcast and stuff um, because you were trying to figure out what you wanted to do uh, in the off season or in between seasons. Uh, what keeps you so motivated to keep going? Like, how do you not lose interest because of that kind of cooling off period? What are you What are you
4: doing in the meantime? Um, in the meantime, I'm more just. Trying to recharge. Um,
5: Things during the season were kind of a breakneck pace of because I do everything by myself, booking the show, planning the show, recording it, and then editing it and posting it, all that stuff, and doing two shows a week. I kind of got like a little burnt out towards the end and stuff, and I expected cutting it down to one episode a week would allow me enough time to sort of get back into the groove of it and stuff, but just like planning interviews while you got a full-time job and stuff can be really difficult, especially when you're just doing it by yourself. So it was... I, th- I figured I would rather take a break from content than put out content that I'm not happy with. So that's kind of what we're doing at the moment. Um, motivation, it really is that, like, I really, really like this thing. I really like the people involved in it, and I like talking to the players. I just really care about it. And so that
4: just sort of carries me. When the season's going, it is like, I'm thinking about it all the time, you know? That's
3: cool. Yeah, I mean, I I 1,000% respect that, because, you know, we we have this show, and between Ben, myself and Gage, like we have those three people trying to figure out, you know, who our next guest is and, and working on and stuff. And then we have a whole litany of other people, you know, that we just strap duct tape to and pull into episodes uh, without their consent and uh, hope that they'll continue to work with us in the future. And that's incredibly hard. So thinking about the idea that you do all of this by yourself and, um, all right, we're doing two shows a week. I can absolutely see how that could be hard and burnout, especially because, yeah, I mean, we all are, you know, have full time jobs and, and work in different time zones and all that stuff. And it's it's just tough. So doing all that by yourself, I can't even imagine um, how, how I mean, what was it just the breakneck pace that kept you going?
5: Um, the FCF was very I was very fortunate in that they were structured in a way to where there was always something to talk about going from the draft, finish the draft, do an episode, wait for the game to happen, do an episode, right? And so just sort of that being on that treadmill of it, it was it was always sort of easy to have an episode structure, always having something to talk about. And then it just, the only, the only real difficult part of just staying in the mindset of it is just trying to figure out who I'm going to talk to that week. And sometimes somebody falls through and McKenna has to come on in an emergency. As you, you know, so... It's it is one of those things where like just when you're in the thick of it and it's all just happening so fast, yeah, you don't you're not really thinking about how difficult it is. And then the
4: season wraps up and you're just like, wow, I'm actually like really tired. Absolutely. I've got I've got to
2: ask uh, one one question, Jose, before we before we sign off. But I've got to know what was it like being in that final game? (laughs) What was it like being in there? What was the atmosphere Uh, like?
5: The atmosphere was very strange um, because it is simultaneously just like one of the most exciting things while you're in it, but it's like dead quiet and like, you know, what should be like this raucous stadium is just like totally quiet. It's, you know... Me, Mike, Matt, Gino, and Ashley, just like sitting around there clapping, trying to be as loud as possible. Um, it's it is this it's like a weird like whiplash of like the most exciting thing that you can think of in the moment and just being like a, an atmosphere that one hundred percent does not reflect that. Um, <laughs> um it was very nerve-wracking uh, because we were down. For most of the game, um, going into the half, we decided to go down. We were sitting up in the owner's box. After the first half, we decided to go down and actually sit next to the field, and um, I think that gave us like a big energy difference in terms of like sitting up there. It was just sort of like like couldn't really get any interaction with the players. Couldn't feel like we were making a difference in terms of like in. You know, engaging with them, encouraging them, anything like that, and then, like getting to be on the side.
2: What you're telling getting me is that you pretty much won up for them, right? You guys were on the side there. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, we,
5: there seemed to be a noticeable difference from when we got there and got to cheer on the defense, especially versus when they didn't. Like finishing a play, cheering on the defense, having them look up at you and like point at you and like 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 t- give you the motion to like keep going and stuff, like. If you, if you talk to any athlete, they'll tell you like they really thrive with the energy that they can get from a crowd and stuff. And like I and I do think that that helped that the Glacier Boys really didn't have anybody there to cheer for them. So like I mean obviously the players are making the plays and they played incredible. So like no we didn't win the game, but like I think we helped keep the guys going in a, especially because that game that game was a longer game than they had played all year. Like, that was the longest game of the season. They moved it up from, McKenna, you might remember this better than I can, but it was like 20 minutes to 30-minute halves, right?
0: I I think that sounds right, yeah. yeah.
5: And so, like, it's a longer game, especially when they're getting into the end of it, they're getting tired. So having something that they can play off of in the crowd, I imagine, actually did help them quite a bit.
2: Absolutely. It was interesting like when we were talking to Judy last week, he was kind of saying that the original plan actually wasn't to have crown crowds in the first place. Like, um, so it kind of worked out well, obviously that it didn't impact them hugely with COVID. So i always thought that was quite surprising because like you just said there, like a lot of the times athletes feed off that, they, you know, it really sort of spurs them on. So I always thought that was quite interesting too.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I was,
5: I was really interested in talking to um, Patrick about that. Patrick Dees. Mm-hmm. When he's telling me that like, fans were an afterthought for them in terms of, like, putting on the games. I mean, it wasn't their concern at all. Like, they wanted to have some way for, like, some small amount of fans to go to the games and stuff, but not really, like, focus on trying to create a, you know in-stadium experience because that is actually, like, I wasn't able to call plays that entire game. Like, I couldn't tell what was going on because I'm not being able to communicate with anybody. I can barely see what's, you know, happening in the game. It's very difficult. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever watched a uh, American football game live it is one of the rare sports where I think it is objectively worse to go to a game than to watch it on TV like you cannot tell what's going on when you're like, watching you need announcers who know what they're talking about to explain stuff that's going on getting so far away from the game like you can barely see where the ball is so it is like them trying to create such a cool experience on the you know on um, actually watching it, really focusing on that, I think that's one of the big benefits to them. Mm.
3: So you, you talked about the energy in that final game. What was it like in the in the energy of, like, a game where they lost? Like, that week, you know, if there was a loss that, that the Wild Aces had, what was the energy like um, in a week like that versus a, a week where they won?
4: For you. Um... It's, it's deflating for sure, um, especially because the, the it
5: felt like we never lost because we played bad. Um, you know, we scored pretty much every time we got the ball. The few times that we lost, it was on, you know, the interception that we got that was called back, even though it was definitely an interception. It was we lost on the three second Hail Mary because of uh, Phil. Um, it's true.
0: Dinner can wait, Phil.
5: It was never like there's always a difference when it feels like you've been versus that your team just wasn't as, wasn't as good as the other team. So it's the energy was always it was deflating, but I still have the confidence that like we were actually the better team that we just got robbed. You know? and you're you're able to sort of sit on that, even
4: maybe if it wasn't true but it definitely was in our case. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, that's, yeah, it's really interesting to think about um, how much
3: something that, I mean, you obviously have a lot more to to, um, play off of because you're actually doing a whole show on it, but it's always amazing to me, like, how much a fan base can rally around something they literally have nothing to do with, you know? uh, I mean, in this case, what's really cool is that we as the fans do have something to do with it, which is kind of empowering on its own, which is what makes the FCF such a cool idea and something I really hope continues. Um, But it is always interesting to see that fervor that can happen around um, a sporting event. And it's also one of the things that draws you into it.
5: Yeah. And, you know, actually, like, I, I've talked to my brother about this a couple of times when we are planning shows and stuff, but in from a content perspective, it was actually better for us to lose a couple of games than to just win them all. Because it's hard to do a show where you just get on and talk about, oh, yeah, we won. Isn't that awesome how we won? Where versus, like, oh, we caught an interception and the refs took it away from us. That's an entire episode I get to do where I just get to be really angry. So, like, you know, in some ways it is like, oh, wow, there's actually something to talk about this week instead of just, like oh yeah we won now we get to celebrate
3: absolutely yeah i mean you definitely need to have that variety in there to keep things interesting
4: for sure yeah i I very much agree (laughs) awesome awesome so
0: does anybody i think we're gonna wrap it up here i think um so does anybody (laughs) have any final questions
3: uh, I I have one, and it's it's more of a personal question from me to 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 Jose. Uh, how do you have the gall to consider yourself Northern California?
5: I mean, what way am I not Northern California?
3: Well, because I'm the true Northern California. I mean, I'm a I'm an hour away from the Oregon border. That's that's as far like I mean that's about as north as you can get.
5: I, I'm not I'm not from. I'm not from the Bay Area, okay? I'm from Redding, California, okay? We're we're Northern California. That's the true Northern California, okay? Bay Area, that is not Northern California. I know what you're going with here. I Everything above
3: Sacramento, that's Northern California. Perfect. That's all I wanted.
1: <laughs> I'll preface that like it was a personal question. I got a very personal question for you, and then just like...
4: What's the California, most superficial
1: bullshit
2: right? question ever? got a personal attack for you um... <laughs> <laughs> Oh man
0: Awesome
2: What
3: a so show I think,
0: And with that final personal, very personal question <laughs> We will wrap up This episode of Out of Our League We'll quickly go around and see uh, you know, Where we can check everyone out First off, Gage Where can the people find you?
1: I uh, Hi. you can all find me at Twitter and all that other stuff at GF2 cool. It's, it's the same everywhere so yeah, drop a follow or whatever and uh, yeah <laughs>
3: <'Kay, move on. laughs> okay
0: Oh where where can <laughs> they find you? Phil.
3: Oh, sorry. <laughs> I did not hear you
2: say that at all.
0: I'm sorry. You know, you're
2: looking very, what a moment there for a second, Phil. am
3: <laughs> just staring off <laughs> his face. I'm like, sorry, what did you say? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere um, either at Phil J Woodward with two L's or at Philip J Woodward uh, with two
2: L's. Sweet.
0: And Ben? you can find me at please be excited
2: please let it be then excited on twitch on twitter yeah that's where you can find me
0: sweet you can find me at potterpants212 and finally our special guest jose eric where can people find you
5: you can find me you on know, pretty much everything at aces wild pod you can find uh aces wild on itunes spotify anything that does podcasts we're on it and um you know, I, th- I think when you come on as a guest on a show, you either have to shoot for the best episode of all time or the worst. And I think I might have nailed worst episode of all
1: time, and I'm very happy about that.
2: It's a very fine line between best and worst. I think we have gone best today, you know.
1: It was. Def- I mean, I heard we had a surprise appearance by Johnny Ace. So if that's that was true, pretty amazing, then that definitely helped helped you out. That was a great
2: episode,
3: you know. <laughs> Awesome. This has been a great episode. Thank you so much for coming on and dealing with my bullshit.
5: Thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for dealing with my internet.
4: Oh, of course. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful Bye. day.